This is the final word, T20 World Cup Daily, day six, a day in which uh, Ireland played the West Indies and Zimbabwe played Scotland to see who would make it into the Super 12s. Jeff Lemon and Ben Jones with you, filling in for Adam Collins, the Crick Viz analyst who's got all the numbers, all the stats and all of the everything at his fingertips. And we're down on the beautiful Victorian surf coast. This is our last show for a little while working with Visit Melbourne, uh, which is a campaign that wants people to visit Melbourne. Does what it says on the tin. I respect that, straight to the point. But we don't actually need that campaign for you, Ben, because you come out from England to visit Melbourne of your own accord all the time. Often, yeah. I mean, I'll say it now, Melbourne's the best city in the world. Um, It's quite rude to a lot of other amazing places that that. I've not visited yet. Take that, Tokyo. Screw it. Take that, San Francisco. What do you got? Nothing. London, the city I live in? No, no No way. Melbourne is amazing. And uh, yeah, I've been lucky to come the last couple of years quite a lot and spend a lot of time in Australia. And I can say that Melbourne is definitely the best place in Oz, but it extends beyond that. I spent a lot of time here with Colo as well. That's Mm -hmm. why I'm replacing him. Mm -hmm. Um, First time I came here, uh, he he picked me up from Geelong Station. We drove along the uh, the Great Ocean Road, went Mm -hmm. and visited his uh, his parents at Christmas. Had a, you know, that first time you have a 35 degree Australian Christmas, it's a bit odd. Deeply confusing. But you get over it because you're in such a lovely place. Well, we're at the start of the Great Ocean Road here. Um, Melbourne is the gateway to the surf coast and we've come down here and we're standing just next to Bells Beach basically down there in the hinterland behind me if you're watching on the video that's where Bells Beach is I will I will go out on a limb I will say the most famous surf beach in the world so famous that they used it in the scene at the end of Point Break where Bodie disappears into the ocean never to be seen again dot 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 question mark Keanu Reeves doesn't know where he's gone Um, I think they actually filmed that in Oregon because it was too expensive to come out here but they wanted the mystique of Bells Beach, and now you, Ben, have been to Bells Beach. You can tell people that. Well, this is probably the greatest buddy cop film since yeah. since that, uh, yeah. that that fine piece of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think either of us would say we're world-class surfers, but if we're going to learn, it's the place to be. Yeah, the place to do it is the most challenging and dangerous <laughs> surf beach <laughs> in the world. That is the place to learn. Uh, right, things that were challenging and dangerous included the qualification stage for West Indies, who played Ireland. They've just wrapped up. Ben, I'm going to challenge you to tell me about that game in the space of 30 seconds or less. It was a good day to bat in Hobart. West Indies come out. They've got a lot of power in the batting lineup. You're expecting that, although Ireland have got a lot of pedigree, it's only going to go one way. Not the case. They lose a couple of early wickets. Johnson Charles hangs around a bit. Kyle Mayers disappears. And then you think, okay, it's fine. They've got all that power in the middle order, all those IPL stars. In comes Gareth Delaney, takes three for spits, lose, you lose Robin Powell, you lose Nicholas Peran, you lose Evan Lewis. All of a sudden the West Indies are scrabbling to par, if that, probably 20 shy, Odin Smith comes in at the end, gets them up to 150. You think, this is going to be a bit of a, a, a toss-up. Jeff Lemon in the pub says, Ireland are probably going to not do this. Not the case again. Paul Sterling and Andrew Valverde come out and absolutely destroy the power play. They take everything apart. Sterling, world class. <laughs> he is due an IPL gig any day now. Uh, and Valverde doesn't see it through to the end, mm-hmm. but Lorcan Tucker comes through, takes them over the line. Nine wicket win, balls to spare. Ireland into the main dance, the big, the big party. <laughs> Welcome to the World Cup. I like that you didn't use big dance there. That's something we, we have a set against the big dance here at, um, I choked at the, the last final minute. word. I know, you thought about it and then you backed out. And I think that was wise. Um, yeah, 146 is what the Windies ended up making and 150 for one, the Irish reply. I mean, th- this was ripe for an Ireland falling over and they just didn't do it. They just refused to do it. Uh, Paul Sterling 
as you say, I mean the the the, the ginger Santa Claus. He's <laughs> he's a beautiful player to watch when he's up and going. He took them on early. Belberni went with him, and then Harry Tector just came in and, and took up the charge. At the end, um, you were saying that I thought that Ireland might not do it. You said that Andrew Belberni was no good at T20 cricket. <laughs> ben Jones, respected uh, data analyst, yeah, that's said, up for debate, but yeah. can't play T20 cricket. Um, and uh, what did he do? He just peeled off 37 off 23 balls, including a, a lofted drive over cover point for six, if you don't mind, um, batted absolutely exquisitely. But it, it was yeah, it was real West Indies getting in their own way sort of areas in terms of the way they batted initially. I think what, what's what been so frustrating with this West Indies side for a while now is their record against spin generally. It, it, they've got so many wonderful pace hitters and in theory there are guys there who should be going out and absolutely whacking it through the middle yeah. overs. Guys like Peran. Hetmeyer's not here but he's another one in that mould. And Rodman Powell's become more versatile recently. Evan Lewis, not necessarily a spin mm-hmm. guy, but he's got pedigree. And yet they just keep falling over whenever they're faced with anything that's turning turning into them or away mm-hmm. from them or any which way, whatever. Or just coming at them slowly. <laughs> I think if you look at the two power plays, therein lies the difference. West Indies 41 for two after six overs. Ireland was 64 for none. And that 41 for two, that power play, so Kyle Mayers and Johnson Charles are the two dismissed. In the power play, they both hole out um, going after the bowler. Uh, it was Mayers off Barry McCarthy and Johnson Charles off Simi Singh and then it was Simi Singh the off spinner with Gareth Delaney the leg spinner they were the ones who really put the clamps on Simi Singh ends up bowling two overs one for 11 Delaney the full four overs three for 16 and it just kept West Indies sputtering that middle order bit as you were saying Lewis, Poor and Powell none of them could get going they all got out but they got out slowly as well which meant they'd sucked air out of the innings yeah, because even at the end, you've got Odin Smith coming in with a bit of a cameo, and you thought maybe they're, you know, Wendy's are still in this. Mm-hmm. But equally, they had guys to bat. There were still, you know, guys who were in the in the in the hutch who could have come in and made a difference. You know, Akil Hussain, he's in there primarily for his bowling, but he hits a long ball. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that kind of slightly cloggy middle order really just left the Wendy's with not much opportunity to uh, to fully exploit the the full length of their batting lineup, mm-hmm. which has been a, you know, a, a real strength for them in the, in this format of the game. That's that's where their power is. Is all the way down. And yeah, yeah, left left plenty on the table. Brandon King, 62 off 48, not out. Um, he did his best to keep things going through the middle. He's, uh, I wouldn't say he's the most sophisticated player, but he just no. gives the ball a bash whenever it's possible. Yeah, he's, he's had a couple of good CPLs of late and he's he's one of those players who kind of hovers under the radar a little bit for guys who maybe don't follow T20 cricket as closely. But this was obviously a big opportunity for him this World Cup, being given a go at the top of the order and or, yeah, at number four in this particular case. But I think what what he represents in a way is he's almost part of the problem in some respects in Mm. that there's not many Brandon Kings, guys of that age coming through who've got quality, who can deliver consistently. Windies have struggled for bringing through that next generation and they've had to do it almost all at once. You know, all those guys who've been there in 2016 and a few of them hung on last year they're not there anymore and they need more of that kind of quality that kind of age profile otherwise just known as age don't know why i ever throw profile in there <laughs> mark adair uh, none for 26 from four overs also significant but then ireland it was all about the way they went about it at the top uh, the two openers destroyed akil hussein the one over he bowled went for 18 i think it was um odin smith they laid into him as well and then they had the confidence up and they started getting stuck into obed mccoy and alzari joseph as well so flying at better than 10 and over by the end of the power play and Belburney was out a couple of overs after the power play a slice to backward point and ended up being the only wicket to fall so Lorcan 
Parker comes in, two balls later after the wicket, sweeps a ball for four, and you think, okay, well, they're not going to be intimidated today. Sterlo takes a couple of overs just to, you know, just to assess things, just weighs things up, and then starts getting stuck <laughs> into the bowling again. Huge six. Um, from Elzari Joseph onto the grass banks up there. Goes after Odin Smith as well. Brings up his 50 from 32 balls. Uh, and then what could have been a turning point when Lorcan Tucker plays a hook shot. He's caught off a top edge, but it's a no ball. Odin Smith has overstepped. Tucker's reprieved. He goes on to make 45 off 35 to take them home. Sterling's able to just tuck in behind him after making the early running. 66 off 48. And they've absolutely pissed it in. One for 150. <laughs> uh, they've knocked the West Indies out of the competition. West Indies will not make the next qualification stage. They're line ball to qualify for the next 50 over World Cup and uh, and I'm not sure what ramifications this might have for qualifying for the next 20 over World Cup in 2024 as well. We were discussing that I think I think today was the day where I, I learned what ageing is mm-hmm. because I've always found it really annoying when people talk about and constantly go on about oh the West Indies used to be so great at test cricket mm. and whenever the Windies play, are playing a good test and they've got an interesting side and it's like oh, guys Kim Roach is pretty good as well yeah. and everyone's talking about Michael Holding and Malcolm Marshall yeah and I'm like, I've always found it quite annoying. Today, I was like, oh, I, I get it. It's it's frustration. It's it's not nostalgia. It's about the fact that you think this could be so much better. Yep. That windy side is of the last 10 years, those that won two World Cups that has been at the forefront, the vanguard tactically of the game in terms of developing how hitting works and how T20 cricket generally exists. Yep. It's no longer the case. They are not that side. And we knew that, but we thought they were green shoots. We thought there were opportunities for players to come through. Guys like Obed McCoy, who are going to be wicket takers. Guys like Rodman Powell, who have been hovering just below. Are they going to take the step up? Nicholas Peran is world class. And they're no longer in the World Cup and we're, we're not left Geelong. <laughs> so it's, it feels, quite, it feels yep. quite bleak for someone who wants them to be good. Well, they're gone. Uh, Netherlands through, Sri Lanka through, Ireland through. And we're about to head to Torquay to see who goes through out of Scotland and Zimbabwe. Okay, part two, we've gone from Bells Beach to Bells Beach Brewing. Uh, the big tanks behind us, we've been sitting in this very pleasant brewery for the last few hours watching Zimbabwe uh, play Scotland. Yeah, I'll be honest, Jeff. I'm far more at home here than on the surfing beaches. Um, but I went for it earlier. I did the 30-second summary. Mm-hmm. Zimbabwe, Scotland, 30 seconds. Jeff Lemon, go. Zimbabwe put the clamps on from the get-go. Tenda Chitara got Michael Jones out in the first over, and it didn't get much better from there. Look, they did their best. George Munsey made a half-century. Kellen McLeod made 25, but they could barely get going at faster than a runner ball. 132 in their 20 overs, only six down. Wasn't likely to be enough. Zimbabwe, they had some stutters. They tend to do that, but it was Craig Irvine and Sekunda Raza once again. Raza with a quick 40. Irvine made 58, and that got them most of the way there with a partnership of 64, and they ended up getting there with a couple of overs to go. They topped their group, and they're through into the main stage. Scotland out. Much better effort than mine earlier, I think. Yeah, <laughs> I've I think... done a lot more of them, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be worrying if I waltzed in. No, I mean, Raza was the, the kind of point of difference, you'd say. Obviously, not necessarily on terms of the, the runs on the scorecard, but there was tension when mm-hmm. he came to the crease. Mm-hmm. There was a sense that Zimbabwe might not do this, that actually, for all the fact that Scotland were under par, yep. there was a nervousness around the play, and actually, Raza just has that, maybe call it form, call it quality, call it whatever Charisma. you want. Yeah. That little something, mm-hmm. and suddenly the game went out of Scotland's hands in a matter of overs. And even when he was dismissed, 
the spark had gone. Well, he was, he'd got them close enough when he was out. And, and he was hampered when he was out because he played a, a sweep shot, got a top edge into his throat. He was very uncomfortable yeah. for a, a good couple of minutes, couldn't get enough air in, recomposed himself, continued his innings, bombed another six, um, and eventually was out for 40 in quick time. 22, 23 balls that it took him to score those runs. And that was the difference on a day when nobody else could accelerate, yeah. really. Nobody could get going. He was able to do that, punch enough of a hole in the Scottish innings and, and get them close enough. And there was a, a little bit of interest around what would happen with their net run rate, whether they would finish top of the group by chasing it fast enough. I guess it doesn't really matter where they finish, but in terms of if Zimbabwe were eyeing off a group with Australia, England, New Zealand, or a group with India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, South Africa, where would they be more at home? Well, I mean, they've ended up in the Pakistan-India group, and I think that is where they're more likely to do a bit of damage. I think just the fact that you've got these, these tall seamers who are front-loaded, who can do damage with the new ball, there's opportunity to, to really get into some batting lineups in that group. Pakistan, mm -hmm. in particular, you'd say, that's the kind of banana skin you're circling, saying that's where, if you can get Rizwan and Babar early with those high-release, high-pace seamers, then all of a sudden, there's a soft underbelly there that Zimbabwe could exploit. I mean, realistically, you'd rather, you know, Zimbabwe don't want to be bowling to, you know, a set Marcus Stonis or whatever with their seamers in Australian conditions. It's nice to avoid the hosts. It's probably nice to avoid the favourites. They mm -hmm. move back into this group with with the more Asian dom with, the, with the Asian teams. Sure. You would say that they, they take that, and also from a, a personal point of view, it sets up an England Ireland clash in the other group, which I like. From right. a, a, a purely kind of there's a little rivalry there. It's yeah. a fair bit of niggle. I don't know if you're aware of that. Down years between those two bit nations. of history bit of history <laughs> and also Ireland pretty good at beating England in World Cups and we, I'm, very, I'm very excited to see Josh Little tear into uh, Joss Butler early on uh, okay um, Zimbabwe's bowling I mean they've got quite a well-rounded bunch of bowlers I mean the way that Chitara went about things two for 14 from four overs and that included two off the top and then coming back to bowl the 20th over as well and that is an outstanding performance for an opening quick yeah, again, it's this whole thing of Zimbabwe's skill set being skewed towards the new ball. It means that they have this element of unpredictability that actually, against Scotland, yeah, you'd expect their class to come out regardless. They're probably just going to beat them nine times out of ten. Mm -hmm. But it gives them that element of something, that element of spark mm -hmm. against the bigger teams where you're like, okay, well, if the, the new ball's swinging and the new ball's doing something, then Bang uh, Zimbabwe are going to... Yep. have a crack they're going to get stuck in I mean I'd just like to have a quick word on, on Sikander Raza because I know that you guys have obviously spoken about him a lot but he really is like yep. the guy right now right, like, well, tell, you do the numbers like we do the emotions that's what I do we, yeah. we do the feelings about Sikander Raza <laughs> What's, what are the numbers on Sikander Raza well I mean in raw terms like so like we've got a previous measure called batting impact which basically is just like a measure of, of goodness of quality of how a measure of goodness a measure a measure of cricket um and this year like raza's batting impact is mm -hmm. the best of any t20 batter in any year ever now i know you're gonna say well ever is only 20 years in t20 cricket but you know i was such seven years old when it started i'm gonna take it that's sure. that's, that's proper history for me if there are 20 anythings and you're the best one out of the 20 you'd still feel pretty good about exactly that, and there's right? a fair few more than 20 yeah but raza's in this form of the bat but also he's developed this thing with with, with the spin bowling that he's mm -hmm. kind of 
really pushed on, where he's become this kind of like the Sunil money, the Manil, money ball Sunil he, run, Narayan. he runs in and does this one. It's you know, all behind the, the behind back. The back yeah. it's, and there's there's a really good tweet. Um, I direct people to. I think it's at the Cricket Arc on Twitter, um, who's kind of broken down the variations, and you can see these different different deliveries coming yep. out the side of the hand, the front of the hand, and suddenly it's like, what do T20 teams want really mm. on the on the on the circuit? They want mystery spin. Yep. And they want back up, back like late innings hitting. Sure. And Raza suddenly developed into like, oh, geez, this guy is the perfect things. player. Yeah. yeah. Out yeah. of nowhere to an extent. We, uh, and we know he's been around for a while, yeah. but he's improved a lot. And suddenly he's going to light the World Cup. And they're relying on him a lot with the bat. They, they feel like a one player team with the bat, but not with the ball. So no. Richard and Grava has had a couple of really good games, had another good game tonight with the ball. I mean, Blessing was Rabani, relatively speaking, went around the park tonight. But they had the depth in Shatara, in Ngarava, and in Raza himself with the ball, Completely. that they were all able to keep the run scoring down and keep that total very manageable. I think that's what you often see with this, with uh, kind of lower ranked sides is that they've got a couple of good couple of good bowlers, mm-hmm. and then it falls off. And as long as you're sensible and you don't collapse in a heap against the good one, yep. you can recover. Zimbabwe have got a little bit more depth, and mm-hmm. as a result, a fair bit more threat. And Scotland probably are on the other side of the coin. They just lack that little bit of depth of the attack, and that's probably why they've fallen short. But they've still had an amazing World Cup. And I, I, I should say as well, well yeah, it's been, it, this mean, week's been amazing for, the, the, for like the smaller teams. They did the, the, the Namibia thing. They beat the yeah. big team in their group, you know, the main sort of yeah. higher-ranked, full-member, etc., country in their group, and then they weren't able to follow it up with beating one of the other sides to be able to go through. Which is frustrating, and I know that some people have seen it as a flaw of the format, but ultimately, like, Namibia won one game from three. That's not enough to go through. Yeah. Scotland didn't do enough to go through, mm. but it doesn't take away from the fact that the cricket and the competition and the narrative has been unbelievably good in this mm. first week. Genuinely, I can't remember enjoying a week of cricket more in, it, from, a, from a standing start. We've rocked up. There's no backstory to this tournament. No. We've started 100 yeah. mile an hour. Yeah, Yeah, I agree, and we've got some compelling teams going into the uh, the main part of the draw, which will start from tomorrow, and uh, we will we will continue. So this is our last show on the visit Melbourne trip for a while, where we've been visiting all kinds of places around uh, regional Victoria. So thanks to Bell's Beach Brewing for having us, and Hugh behind the bar, who's been. Uh, very hospitable tonight and everybody else who's welcomed us as we've gone around the country. Uh, plan your Melbourne moment at visitmelbourne.com if you want to come and visit us in our part of the world like Ben Jones does all the time. Uh, the Hall of Fame, we haven't done that. The most final word moment of the day, I think for me it was Sikandar Raza batting with both of his pockets turned inside out. Now, I don't know if he was being searched on his way <laughs> onto the ground. I don't know if he wanted to do some sort of Dumbo impression, but he had these two sort of leg ears like his thighs had grown ears and they were listening out for i don't know insults <laughs> against the quad muscles or something flapping around as he ran up and down the pitch it was very dumbo it was it was beautiful i think my contribution would be my own enjoyment of your enjoyment of that moment <laughs> when you, you suddenly leapt towards the screen being like this kind of childlike delight that oh man wears trousers wrong yeah it, but, it takes very little to to uh, <laughs> to interest me or entertain me the rain is absolutely pissing down on the roof you'll be able to hear that uh, here as we're, we're down on the beach of the surf coast and uh, we'll be back in Melbourne, Sydney, wherever it is that we're ending up uh, tomorrow as Australia play New Zealand and on and on it goes. Uh, the final word, World Cup Daily can't stop and it won't stop. Thanks to Ben Jones for joining us today. I'm Jeff Lemon. We'll see you next time. I had to go.